We gather as people of faith for this our anniversary service. This is an opportunity to remember those who have travelled this path before us, that we might honour them. This is an opportunity to recognise those who are with us now, that we might love and respect one another. And this is an opportunity to send a lively message of possibility to those who have yet to find us, that we may welcome them warmly as I welcome you now this morning to this celebration of our liberal religious community. So hello, hello and welcome to our Sunday morning worship here at Essex Church, home to this gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. Together we're celebrating today the 40th anniversary of this building's opening. The very first service was held in this building on the 24th of July 1977. And I'm not going to do that asking who was there then, <laughs> just in case anybody has forgotten. Each week I welcome everyone here, newcomers, occasional visitors, people who attend regularly, People have long regarded this place as their spiritual home. On this special day, when we celebrate 40 years, almost to the day, of worship here in this loved building of ours, just as on every Sunday of the year, my commitment is that we all find something this morning that will assist us on the journey of our life. So what is it, I wonder, that you most need right now? Some peace and quiet, perhaps? Some inspiration? A new perspective? Confirmation of some new way of looking at a particular issue? Or time to draw breath and reflect? Companionship, perhaps? A lifting of the spirits? Whatever it is that you need, Perhaps you'll catch a glimpse of that in this hour we spend together. Together in this, our community of the spirit here at Essex Church. And it is really lovely to see so many visitors here today and so many returning friends. It's really special. I'd actually like to stop the service right now and just sit and have a chat with every single <laughs> one of you. But the time will come because you may know that we're going to have a lunch after the service. There's more than enough for everybody. You're very welcome. But let's focus on our chalice flame now. I've lit this chalice, this symbol of a worldwide Unitarian liberal religious tradition. I've lit it particularly to welcome all of our visitors here today from near and far, especially visitors from the Prague Unitarian Congregation in the Czech Republic, who are just starting their grand tour of English Unitarian congregations. Our chalice flame greets each and every one of you this morning. May the warmth of its flame help you all to feel part of this community this morning. Lovely, isn't it? That feeling of multiple stories connecting together. And 
we're going to have a reading now from our Czech visitors and um, we'll then translate it. It's, it's a marvellous poem by um, Thoreau, which is, is reminding us, as we sometimes forget, that when we meet another person, we're meeting an aspect of ourselves. So let's hear our reading now. We've got it both in Czech and English. Thank you. First, let me tell you that I'm very happy to be here. Oh. And thank you all. Toho člověka znal jsem od vidění. Řádnějšího tvora není. Denně, myslím, víc než rok. Kol mých dveří vedl krok. Nikdo slova však s ním nestratil. Ve světě potkal jsem ho z kraje, šel, ohůl se opíraje, když jsem jednou zabloudil od svého domova pár mil, tam naše pohledy se setkaly. Na jiném místě, ještě dále, jeho tvář zřel jsem nenadále. Tu na pozdrav jsem klobou smek. Nejdřív se možná trochu lek, však smeknul též a odkráčel. Potom jsme v cizí zemi byli. Pár vět jsme si vyměnili o životě, jenom tak. Ruku stisknul jsem mu pak, jako bych znal její tisíc let. Později v pustině jsme dleli, spolu útrapy jsme zakoušeli, neb on už zažil spoustu bět a já prošel celý svět. Věrnými stali jsme se přáteli. Jednoho dne by všichni měli, ať cizinci jsou, či nepřáteli, ať je někdo star, či mlád, velký nebo malý snad, každý s každým se seznámit. I knew a man by sight. I knew a man by sight, a blameless white, who for a year or more had daily passed my door, yet converse none had had with him. I met him in a lane, him and his cane, about three miles from home, where I had chanced to roam, and volumes stared at him and he at me. In a more distant place, I glimpsed his face and bowed instinctively. Starting, he bowed to me, bowed simultaneously and passed along. Next, in a foreign land, I grasped his hand and had a social chat about this thing and that, as I had known him well a thousand years. Late in a wilderness, I shared his mess, for he had hardships seen, and I her wanderer had been. He was my bosom friend, and I was his. And as methinks shall all, both great and small, that ever lived on earth, early or late their birth, stranger and foe, one day each other know. So let's take that idea of the wonder and oneness of humanity into our time of prayer and reflection.
anybody would like to join our children's programme, Jen is heading off now. I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now, to bless all that we say and do together here today. As we join in celebration of this anniversary, let's give thanks for all those who have gone before us, who struggled against tyranny and oppression to win us freedoms we may sometimes take for granted. Let's give thanks for the people who founded this and other congregations in their time so different from ours. We're grateful for their vision, their forethought, their courage and daring, their willingness to step out from the crowd to proclaim their own vision of a better world. Let's give thanks too for the fellowship we experience today, for the people we share life's path with. Our colleagues, our friends, neighbours, families, all those people who touch our hearts and warm our spirits and challenge our minds. I invite you to spend a moment or two in silence now, perhaps thinking of people past and present for whom you feel that kind of gratitude. And may we dedicate ourselves to continuing the struggle for freedom against oppression in our world, to working for justice and equality for all peoples and all beings with whom we share life here on our planet Earth home. And may all those we are concerned about, people we know, or the wider situations that can so trouble us in our world, may all feel the love and the warmth of a community such as this. Perhaps we can imagine the possibility of wrapping this precious world of ours in a warm and healing blanket of love and care. And may our world be a little brighter and lighter because of our presence in it, now and always. Amen. Amen. We're um, going to take ourselves back now to 1774 and the very first Unitarian congregation that held a service here in England. Um, it's our now, sadly, not resident historian, Howard Haig, who, yeah. who found this letter. And uh, it just, yeah. Theophilus Lindsay, I think, was a very fine man. We're both in love with him, really, aren't we? We are, Howard. that's right, yes. Theophilus had resigned from the Church of England for doctrinal reasons and gave up almost everything um, to do so. 
and he travelled with his wife from Yorkshire to London and eventually found a building in Essex Street off the Strand to found the original Essex Street Chapel of which we are today part. This letter was written the day after the first service, 18th of April 1774. It was written to his great friend John Jebb, who had taught theology at Cambridge, uh, but who was relieved of his duties for being suspected of unorthodox views, and who then retrained as a doctor. The end of the letter mentions a figure called Lord Le Dispenser, he was the postmaster general in the government at the time, but he was better known, or he is still better known, as Sir Francis Dashwood, um, who was the founder of the Hellfire Club in uh, West Wickham in Buckinghamshire. But he'd, he'd moved on a bit since then. Theophilus Lindsay writes, You will be pleased to hear that everything passed off very well yesterday. A larger and much more respectable audience than I could have expected, who behaved with great decency and in general appeared, and many of them expressed themselves to be much satisfied with the whole of the service. Some disturbance was apprehended and foreboded to me by great names, but not the least movement of the kind. The only fault found with it was that it was perhaps too small. From the impression that seemed to be made and the general seriousness and satisfaction, I am persuaded that this attempt will, through the divine blessing, be of singular usefulness. The contrast between ours and the church service, that's the Church of England service, strikes everyone. Forgive me for saying, but I should have blushed to have appeared in a white garment, namely a surplus. No one seemed in the least to want it. I am happy not to be hampered with anything, but entirely easy and satisfied with the whole of the service, a satisfaction never before known. I must say again, and God bless and bless God for it, that we were enabled to begin well, and we only desire to go on as through his blessing we have begun. I must mention one circumstance of yesterday to you and Mrs. J, and confidential friends, that Lord Le Dispenser was in our chapel yesterday. Whether he will come again we cannot say, but he has subscribed handsomely towards indemnifying us for the expenses of the chapel. And I always get the numbers wrong, but what I do remember is uh, you and Alan Ruston telling me that there were government spies in the congregation on that day when that first service was held. 1774, when it was still illegal to be a Unitarian, and uh, when dissenters could not go to universities, um, a, a very, very different age. Well, how great to sing that theme song of social justice and the search and battle for liberty on an occasion 
like today. It's great to be here celebrating with you and to see so many people from the congregation and friends of the congregation and from around Europe. For those of you who haven't met me before, I guess I just ought to say who I am. Uh, I come uh, very pleased to be here as your district minister, uh, the district minister for Unitarians and Free Christians in London and the southeast of England. It's a bit of a mouthful that, but uh, call me Martin and I'll be really happy. So I, I want to bring you uh, greetings from 26 congregations and fellowships in the district, all of them important and valuable. They stretch from Oxford to Brighton and from Reading to Southend-on-Sea, uh, as we've heard from Rob and Jen, who also will be celebrating their, their 40th anniversary of their building this year. And of course, you are the 27th which makes up our district, but you're not really. You're the first. <laughs> um, Essex Church is the clue, and we, we've heard something about that already. Um, you were the first in the country back in 1774, and you continue today to be a key and important player in the district and in our national Unitarian affairs. You play a part in, in many ways in helping us all. We've had some good meetings here for the district. We had one just a, a month ago when we looked at making our welcome for people from the LGBTQ community, uh, making them more welcome and at home in our congregations. I was very pleased that my induction service was held here. And uh, it just doesn't end with that. Nationally, you are involved with the summer school movement, which meets in, uh, in Derbyshire. And good to see Jane Blackall here, who plays such a big part in that. And you have a great minister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm pleased to be able to say that, and I know that she values you as a team. She uh, does a lot to help ministers who are seeking the journey of ministry at the very beginning when they're just thinking about whether this might be the road for them. And I know Sarah believes that life is uh, a lesson that we learn together. And so you are members of that team with her. And we are so much stronger when we do things together than we can ever achieve on our own. And that's something which I'm trying to develop within the district as well. So I want us to share together in a responsive reading now. It's... Um, on this pink sheet, which you have with your service order, and it's written by a, a Unitarian Universalist minister, Scott Alexander. He's still alive. He has a church in Florida. He's become quite famous over there for cycling for 
in order to raise funds for people who don't have enough food, um, he was a prime mover uh, back in the 60s and 70s and 80s for recognizing the, the, the important part that gay people could contribute to our communities. And this is what he's written. I'll say the, the words which are printed in ordinary type if you'd like to respond with the words in italics. In a world with so much hatred and violence, we need a religion that In a world with so much brutality and fear, we need a religion that seeks justice and equity and In a world with so many persons abused and neglected, we need a religion that offers us respect for one another and encourages one another to serve the world. In a world with so much tyranny and oppression, we need a religion that In a world with so much inequity and strife, we need a religion that strives towards the whole world unity, with peace, liberty, and justice for all. In a world with so much environmental degradation, we need a religion that advocates respect for the interdependent And in a world with so much uncertainty and despair, we need to hope and our hands to care. I suppose, uh, before I sit down, a reading like that seems to be a bit downbeat. Uh, so many things which are so obviously wrong with our world, but it seems to me that what Scott Alexander is saying is that's why we're needed. We're needed here in this community in Kensington and Notting Hill to bring that welcome where people can be and belong. Where people can come and have no problem with expressing who they are and where we can demonstrate an energy to work for the greater good of all. May you be blessed in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much. There's going to be some words to take us into a few minutes of shared silence together, and that will come to a close with a chime from our bell. So, Feel free to do whatever you need to do to get yourself comfy. Perhaps putting down anything you don't want to hold on to, maybe softening your gaze or closing your eyes or enjoying the sight of all those colourful candles there. Whatever works for you. Perhaps allowing the gentle rhythm of your breath in and out to settle you for a while.
as I invite you, if you wish, to think of the cycle of life present in all human endeavours. As always in Unitarian activities, there's a pass option. Please feel free to think your own thoughts rather than these suggestions. But if you wish, I invite you to think of time not as a line, but as a spiral circling onwards, returning close to where it has been before, yet never in quite the same situation. Our lives spiral as we learn and grow. Looking at past experiences from a new perspective. Our human endeavours, <coughs> our projects and our schemes, our buildings, our organisations, all can be said to follow a spiral path learning from the past, inhabiting the present, spiraling onwards to future possibilities. As we move into a time of shared stillness together now, I invite you, if you wish, to consider these spiraling movements of past, of present, and of future that is yet to be. So thank you. Thanks for being here. It's always really nice, isn't it, when people turn up for a bit of a party, a bit of a, a do. Um, if, you, if you look at the, um, the pink hymn sheet, you'll um, see the line drawing of the previous church that was built on this very same site, looking so tall and grand. Although actually in that drawing, am I right, Howard, it doesn't have its spire anymore. It used to have a spire proudly standing there. Raymond, his, Raymond Williams's history of the church, there's some copies over there if you'd like to have a look, gives a marvellous description of the service that marked the opening of the 1887 building here on this site. 
and then the opening of the building uh, some 90 years later in 1977. And here we are in 2017 celebrating once again. The descriptions of the different services are a great reminder, aren't they, that life moves on, that social and cultural change are part of what it is to be human. It's a funny thought, I think, to imagine what those Unitarians of 1887 would be thinking of us here now. We'd look very strange to them. Ten years ago now, I did a study of our Kensington Unitarians congregation members, and I asked them what it meant to be, for them to be part of this Unitarian and Free Christian congregation. What was at the core of their Unitarian identity? And you might guess, the results of such a question were varied indeed. The very word Unitarian is hugely important to some people and not very important at all to others. This congregation, throughout its history, stretching back to that, back to that very first Unitarian service in 1774, it's been a gathering place for a, a wide range of people, some passing through, some putting down roots, some valuing this Unitarian, Unitarian identity greatly, others holding it lightly. Some perhaps identifying with this particular community because it's here in London, or having a deep sense of spiritual trans, um, connections that transcend any labels that we human beings can invent to describe the indescribable. So I wonder what it is that connects you here this day. What that study of mine showed was people's yearning to belong in one way or another. The importance we place on a way of life based on our values, on commitment to the idea that as human beings, we are responsible for the state of this world and for our social conditions, and that we can work together to make a difference. And within this word Unitarian, we have that prefix uni, meaning one, united. And I think for many of us here, this idea of this being one world, one human race, one planet on which we live, it's a vital part of our faith. That's why I value our worldwide Unitarian connection so much. It, they've given me an insight into our societies and their issues in a more personal and a more real way than I could otherwise ever have gained. The struggles of Eastern European Unitarian communities to follow their faith in times of oppression, they make for moving stories of courage and resistance and of times when only patience and endurance could win through the difficult times when all seemed lost. The struggles of some Unitarian congregations in some African countries now to secure the rights of the oppressed are current examples to us all and remind us that none of us can really say we are free until every person is free. Free to worship as they feel right to do, free to love who they love, free to be who they know themselves to be. So long as fear and tyranny exist, there's going to be work for us to do. There will be causes that need our support and encouragement. So we're celebrating this building's 40th birthday today. Raymond Williams, in his history of, of this congregation, describes the simple dignity 
of, of this space, and I know what he means. I wonder what you like best about this building and what annoys you about it. What I appreciate is the light. I appreciate all the great effort that was needed to have it built at all. We really do owe a debt of great gratitude to all those who saw that project through, through those long and difficult times to such a pleasing and successful conclusion. It was really nice, Jane, that you actually put the line drawing of what this building might have looked like if some massive property deal had gone through. <laughs> and really, I'm deeply glad we didn't end up with that 70s concrete block. We ended up with something rather curved and gorgeous instead. And perhaps most of all, I appreciate how busy this building is how well used it is by the many groups it welcomes each and every week. Groups grateful to have a welcoming meeting space here in busy central London in which to follow their own paths, spiritual and educational. Churches, I think, are a great place in which to consider both life's permanence and impermanence. As we meet as a congregation discussing life's issues, I sometimes think how human beings will have been exploring such questions since we first started to emerge all those thousands of years ago as questioning beings, as creatures with brains that wanted to know more. This congregation does not offer people easy answers, but it does provide a space in which to explore. Surprise, surprise, buildings come and go. People come and go. Nothing lasts forever. But the spiritual search that this building encourages, there is something of the eternal in that. And for that, I think we can be eternally grateful. Amen. And so, as we prepare to leave this sacred space, pack away a piece of this church in your heart. Wrap it carefully like a precious gem. Carry it with you through the joys and sorrows of your days. Let its gentle glow strengthen you, warm you, remind you of all that is good and true. And may this gathering, this sacred sanctuary of the heart, go with us all and help us work tirelessly to build a world where all people are valued for who they truly are. Then we really will be able to sing. Alleluia. Amen. Amen. Go well and blessed be.